Happy February. We are finally out of January, and you're talking to two guys that are pretty happy about that. Andy Swan, Landon Swan, two founders of Like Folio. We've got a great show this week. We've got Elon Musk's compensation package. We've got an earnings tell that we think is very important for investors to pay attention to. And also a really smart question from one of our listeners slash viewers. So let's get into it, Landon. Let's start with Market Pulse. Here we go. Market Pulse. Elon Musk, the Delaware judge, decided this week that Elon Musk's compensation package was too big and voided the whole thing because a shareholder with nine shares brought a lawsuit. Landon, did you follow this really closely? Did you know this was coming or did you just see the verdict like I did? Yeah, I just saw the verdict. I had no idea that it was pending or it, it just, it seems absurd to me. Shareholders vote on something, they agree to it. it. The CEO says, sounds good. Everybody agrees. Time passes, he fulfills his obligations. And then one guy with what, two grand invested? He complains and the whole thing just gets thrown out of whack. It just seems absurd to me. I, I don't know what implications companies moving out of Delaware Incorporation will have for Delaware, but it seems like that's an obvious move uh, yeah. for a lot of companies like to get out of get out of the Delaware if that's how they're going to be treated. Yeah. So the interesting thing about this whole thing is that the judge said that um, the reason for voiding it was really that Elon Musk and the board were too closely tied together and that this wasn't disclosed to the shareholders that voted to approve the package. Okay. But here's the interesting thing though, to me the, so bro brought up a New York times story by Andrew Sorkin from January 23rd, 2018. So six years ago, almost to the day. Oh, sorry. This is deal book deal book. Andrew Sorkin. Tesla's Elon Musk may have the boldest play pay plan in corporate history. Elon Musk has high ambitions for Tesla. I actually quotes them quotes him. I actually see the potential for Tesla to become a trillion dollar company within a 10 year period is what Elon said at the time while Tesla was valued at around a hundred billion dollars, $22 a share. The article at the time at the time of this was if Mr. Musk were somehow to increase the value of Tesla to 650 billion, a figure many experts would contend is laughably impossible and would make Tesla one of the five largest companies in the United States, his stock award could be worth as much as $55 billion. Even reaching several of the milestones would bring him billions. Critics are likely to contend that the new compensation plan is just the company's latest publicity stunt. He has been <laughs> called a modern-day P.T. Barnum who has created the illusion of success while consistently missing production estimates. So it was at the time considered just a PR stunt for Musk to enter into this contract and to put these goals out there that if we get to these certain levels, $650 billion of valuation, I get a bigger chunk of the company. I'm not taking any 
compensation other than stock in the company. And here's how it's going to ramp up if we produce these gains. Fast forward six years later, lo and behold, the company's worth about $650 billion. And guess what? Musk wants his shares of the company. He's not getting 55 or whatever billion dollars in the bank. He's getting a bigger part of the company as a reward for leading it to a 10x return over the course of six, six years. It's just absolutely absurd that this it's like, judge would it's like written by right i mean it's it's yeah or babylon b it's like it's that stupid you know what it reminds me of when we were maybe younger high school college and you make a bet with somebody five bucks whatever about a basketball game ping pong game something like that you beat them and then they're like no we didn't really bet like that was just we were just talking trash i'm like yeah. no you you gotta pay you gotta you gotta stick with what you agreed to and maybe the shareholder didn't own shares six years ago, but the concept is there. Like there was an agreement. It was yeah. maybe people felt like it was a 1% chance, but it happened. And not only it's and, and my analogy fails because it's not him taking, it's actually him growing it for everybody. Like right. he, he created right. all this extra wealth for everyone in the company. And now you're going to deny him what he deserves based on an agreement. It's just, it's infuriating. Yeah, it's absurd. I think that he's infuriated. He clearly thinks this is part of a political witch hunt or whatever you want to call it that started once he bought Twitter. It seems like the, a lot of the government turned against him in, in several different ways. I, I'm not going to get into that, but I will say it is interesting that, he, that now Tesla is uh, going to hold a shareholder vote on moving the company from being a Delaware corporation to a Texas corporation. I have a feeling that will get overwhelmingly approved and that the company will approve and shareholders will approve a new compensation package for Elon Musk that writes this wrong and makes it bulletproof in the state of Texas and everybody moves on and is happy. But the market does not like this. It's amazing to watch the market react negatively to the idea that the company doesn't have to pay this guy $55 billion. The market is just like, okay, wait a minute now. We cannot lose Elon right. Musk as the right. leader of this company. That's It's uh, so incredible. Like the verdict <laughs> is out from the market. We yes. would rather pay him this much money so that he continues to run the company as opposed to lose him, potentially lose him, and save that money. That This should be studied on all the income inequality discussions moving forward. Like, well, how come CEOs make so much? Here's why. Yeah, here's exactly why. Yeah. When you create the world's largest automobile company, you're probably going to get very rich. That's just the way the world works. All right. So that's Elon Musk, look like folio. We have been bullish on Tesla since oof, before. We were in agreement with Elon when he signed that deal originally that company could go up tenfold in value. We were in agreement back in 2017, 2016, we started getting bullish. We remain bullish on Tesla. A lot of volatility in the mid in the meantime, opportunities to buy on dips will be plentiful because this is a highly volatile company, but one that we remain very optimistic and bullish on. Landon, what's going on in earnings that has you scratching your head or yeah. tipped off that something's coming. Tell us about the one earnings report that you felt really sets the stage for this market right now. I think that one earnings report that really jumps out at me and makes me 
initially scratched my head, but now makes me optimistic with opportunity is SoFi, S-O-F-I. We yep. actually hit this one pretty well on our earnings uh, calls. I think it was a very, I don't remember the score, but it was extremely bullish on the score, plus yep. 80, something like that. They had their first profitable quarter in the company's history. The shares were up, I don't even know, 25%, something like that. Yep. And then a couple of days later, Morgan Stanley downgrades them from, <laughs> the, the stock went from like, I got to look at the chart, but I think it went from seven to nine fifty, something like that. Yep. And on earnings, and then they downgraded them from seven to six fifty, their price target. And then the stock is sold off back to basically what it was before the earnings call. And you've got a company that's that's finally ticked the, the mark, first first quarter profitable. They're bullish moving forward. Obviously, things they think that they're going to do really well. Yep. Um, they're expecting revenue per share to grow up to eight cents next year. And then beyond that, they're looking to get up to, I think, 50, 60, 70 cents uh, over the next over the next few years. And I think that w in the earnings call, basically, I think it was Morgan Stanley, right? Basically, they said, ah, we don't think they can do it. That's basically what it was. But they've executed so yep. far. And so you have proof of execution. And we have it like Folio, proof of consumer adoption, happiness, all of that. And you've got a naysayer holding down the value of the company by maybe 20, 25%. Yep. So that to me is a pretty good opportunity if you're willing, especially to hold for a little bit, hold for a couple of years, because I do think that it, they're on the path to execution. I don't know the team personally, but based on what we've seen, based on our data, they're on the right path. Yeah, the consumer demand metrics coming out of like Folio, all of them positive. It's a very happy customer base clearly a growing customer base, web traffic trends, mention volume, everything's really positive for SoFi. And I agree with you. I think we could be in like Tesla six or seven years ago, different story. I don't think anybody's claiming SoFi can change the world or anything like that. But there, there are these moments where I think you get potential accumulation zone type of opportunities where the market is just very much in disagreement on the future of this company. All of our metrics, all of our research shows good things coming for SoFi. That said, it's still very much a pretty binary bet. Either things work out and this comes, you know, in my opinion, a $25, $35 stock within the next five years, four years, or they don't and it continues to struggle and continues to rely on high interest loans or investor investments to to fuel what it's doing and it becomes a two or three dollar stock but i like the asymmetric asymmetric outcomes where i also think it's a binary bet with a slightly more likely to succeed than not succeed and so yep. when we see those opportunities we like to take them even though it's a it's significantly more risky position than buying Target or Amazon. So what, what Andy's talking about when he's saying asymmetric, think about, let's say that it's 50-50 and Andy believes that they're more likely to succeed than fail. I would tend to agree. But let's just say it's 50-50. In one case, you buy shares for seven and a half bucks, it goes to zero, right? That's the fail, that's the fail scenario. So you lose 750. In the other case, you buy shares for 750 and it goes to 20, 25, 30. 
Uh, now you're talking about making way more than you would have lost percentage-wise, making two, three, maybe four X your money, right. or you're losing one X of your money. So if you could do that coin flip, it's 50-50. If you could do that over and over again, you'd do it all day long. Now, this only has one, but we look for these type of opportunities. And there are a lot of binary bets out there where the upside is multiples and the downside is one. And as long as the, the percent chance works out, the math works out, it's a good bet. So that's where we're sitting at with SoFi. And the fact that it's betting 750 instead of 950 makes it a much more appealing trade because they're, they're basically being held down by analyst estimates and downgrades when they're outperforming. So uh, I love this one as a binary bet. Yeah, I agree. And I think we've got an accumulation zone where you can just say, hey, maybe I'll buy $1,000 worth of this stock a few times this year and dollar cost average into it. I don't see anything wrong with that. All right. Did you know that by emailing Andy at likefolio.com or Landon at likefolio.com that you can ask the swans? So you can ask the swans, send us an email, get your question read on the air, and we'll answer it. The question today is why from a fairly new investor, which we love, why don't people simply buy the stock with the highest dividend yield? Right? It's a great question. It makes sense. Like it as makes a question. Sense. Yep. Um, unfortunately, the answer is because the stock with the very high dividend yield is very likely to fall in value. <laughs> and the reason it's very likely to fall in value is because the company is very unlike is almost how should i put this it's very unlikely that the company will actually pay that dividend for a reasonable period of time into the future the market is essentially saying we don't believe you that you're going to continue paying this dividend right so the amount that is paid in dividends um is up to the company right so they can actually change that um, generally speaking, they want to pay it the same amount for the entire year and then hopefully increase it year over year and then pay it for four quarters in a row, increase it next year. Yep. Uh, you do that and you get dividend investors looking at you saying, okay, this company's solid. They're able to pay out of their cash because they have steady profits that are increasing. That's why dividend stocks are attractive. However, if you get in a situation where you've been doing that for many years, right? You're a company, you've been paying out, it's been increasing, very steady, and now things start to turn in the wrong direction. All of a sudden, you're faced with a very difficult decision. Do we pay less dividend or do we continue to pay the dividend when we're not able to afford it, thereby decreasing our functionality as a business? Right. And either way, it's bad for the investor. Right. And once you once they see that, they dumped the stock. They said, I don't want this one anymore. It's not going to, I know it's not going to pay me the dividends I want. It may be going down in value. And then it does go down in value and you have trouble. So if you want to look at, let's see, a good example of this, and this is not a huge dividend, 4%, but still look at Walgreens Boots Alliance, WBA. If you're, if you're at home watching this, pull up the five-year chart and just think, wow, if I could make 4% on my money starting five years ago, the stock was trading at 60 bucks and now it's trading at 22. 
Yeah, you made 4% every year, but you lost, what, 60, 70% of the value. So one of the things that someone can do to, to look and see if, and this is all very simplistic uh, explanation. There's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into dividend investing. But one thing that you can do is simply look at the companies, how much dividend they're paying on an annual basis, and then look at their profit or their free cash flow. And if their profit is less than that dividend payment, then it's unlikely they're going to be able to pay it for very long. They just, they're not bringing in that much money. It's hard to continue paying it out. That's one way. In fact, I think there are some ratios that people like to see the company pays out less than half of its profits as a dividend, less than one third. It can be a very strong signal that they're able to continue that uh, dividend. The other thing, of course, is just look at, are, are profits going up or are profits going down? Right. If profits are going up, then it's very likely a company can continue to pay those dividends. I think that's the easiest way to do it. But the bottom line is why people don't just simply invest in the highest dividend yield is because they the market doesn't believe that the company can actually continue to pay that dividend. And what matters to you as a dividend investor is not the dividends that they've paid the last four quarters or the last 40 years. It's the next four quarters, the next 40 years. And the viability of that dividend is far more important than what the current yield is saying on a filter or on a screener that you run. And you could also get into, if you wanted to get really simple, you could take Look at the P.E. ratio and look at the dividend rate. Take one divided by the P.E. ratio, whatever percent that is. That's it. It's not perfect, but that's like what they could pay as a dividend. Right. Yeah. And if that's less than what they are paying, bad. Right. No good. So uh, that's a simple way of looking at it. And, and it's it's not perfect, but it just gives you an idea and puts you on the right path towards thinking can they really afford to continue to pay this? Because if you look at one of the best dividend stocks of all time, it's probably Apple. And they have a pretty low dividend yield, but their stock has continued to go up, appreciate while paying out more in dividends. So it's just this big cycle that makes you a lot more money. So it's the best dividend stock is not always the one that pays the most. It's You got to have a successful company first. Yep. Always the key. All right. Thank you. Again, if you want to get those questions in, Andy at likefolio.com, Landon at likefolio.com. Appreciate everybody uh, watching and listening. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. Just follow there. Just search for Likefolio. You'll find us and, and be able to do that. So appreciate all of you watching and listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, everyone.